massive cheer. Who's grateful? Come on, why don't we cheer for you? We thank you, Jesus. You are the Lord of Lords, the host of heaven. You are the overcomer. You are our Saviour. You are our healer. Come on, worship Him with me. Lift your hands. Say, thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you, God, are faithful to do all that you have promised. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for a great morning. I pray, Lord, that you would load my words with the power of heaven. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost, the fire of heaven to come in Jesus' name today. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. So good. And uh, while we're standing and applauding, why don't we give the team an incredible thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So good. Thank you, Jackson. And uh, I don't know if I've prophesied over the drummer before, have I? I have, haven't I? Haven't I, Caesar? Is it Caesar? Caesar, Caesar. Hail Caesar! I prophesied over you before, haven't I? I believe it because I just saw the same thing that every stroke of that drum, you are beating the enemy down. And you're beating the enemy down, beating him down. I I just love your playing. It's so anointed. I salute you. Come on, give him a round of applause. It's amazing. Amazing. Such power. You know, when you, when you do something and you're passionate about it, there's power on it, isn't there? Because that's what God's designed you to do. You may be seated. Thank you so much for having me. Gee, it's a great crowd this morning, isn't it? Full house. So good. I was really impressed with, um, I got here early and we pray before the service and I was so impressed with the leadership team. There's more people in the leadership team at Silverwater than some of the locations. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, incredible. You should give yourselves a great pat on the back. But you know what? Good work, good work for 2019, but 2020 is not just a new year, it's a new decade. And it's going to be a decade of dominance, a decade of dominance over the promises of God, a decade of dominance over everything spiritual in your life, everything physical and everything emotional. We we are going to take hold of that which God took hold of us for, correct? Are you into that? Yeah. I'm into that. And so my job this morning, I feel, is that just to, I I love to encourage. And uh, I love to put courage in people. I love to put faith in people. I love to tell people about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the answer to everybody's everything. He's the answer to every issue we have in life. He is, he's our saviour. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. Jesus, there's nobody more powerful than Jesus. There's no nothing, no one, no angel, nor demon, nor nobody, no nothing in this whole entire earth that holds more power than the name of Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. Do you believe that? Jesus rules and reigns and He wants us to rule and reign in life. He, he's calling us in 2020, I believe, to take hold of the promises of God, to take hold of victory. I love that we were singing about victory. That song has so much anointing on it, you know, that, that, he, that there is victory for us. Yeah. And uh, if anything today, what I wanted to achieve was to set us up for a victory. Yeah. 
in 2020. And I wanted us to have a look in the book of Joshua this morning, if that's okay. I love Joshua. How many people love Joshua? And uh, my message is called The Other Side. Say The Other Side. We are going to the other side by faith. You know, some of you will, will, will spend 2020 uh, with the promise of God in front of you and, we will, and, and you will proclaim the other side. But I want us to start thinking, praying, believing, speaking from the other side already. You know what I'm saying? So not that like try and reposition ourselves not to be on this side of the promise, but on the other side of the promise and speak from there. And believe from there and thank from there and praise from there and worship from there. And it's a, and it's a whole lot of it's a whole lot different perspective when you look back at where you've crossed over. And this is about the crossing over of the Jordan in Joshua 3. I'll just read from the passage. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. I love saying that word in church. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> From where? From Shittim. Um, and went, I'll get away with it, so good. And went to, I've got to watch myself because I've got two teenagers, two teenage boys, and I hear a lot of swearing in my house. It's just like, oh, it's just got to be careful when I get on the pulpit. Right? So anyway, <laughs> too much information again. And uh, it went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Where they, um, after three days, the officers went through the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and all the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. I love this. You need to move, we need to move out from our position so we know which way to go. So we're not going to know which way to go before we've moved out. We've got to move out. We've got to take a step. And, and I believe there's three things I want to talk about today about how we, how we actually purchase the promises of God, how we actually get into the victory that God's got for us. There's three things that God needs us to do. Because I was kind of thinking, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I th- we think we're waiting on God. We're wa- I'm waiting on God to do this amazing thing in my life. I'm waiting on God. And <laughs> it was funny, you know, the Holy Ghost said to me just, in my holidays, I'm just having a couple of weeks off holidays. And I'm waiting on God, waiting on God. And he was like, well, I'm waiting on you. How rude. <laughs> just, what? What do you mean you're waiting on me? What do you want? You know, and then, and so now I'm starting to pray, God, what do you need me to do? Like, like I, you know, sometimes we're in this position, aren't we? We're waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. He's waiting on you. you we need to move out from our position wow. of complacency. Great we word. need to move out from our position of perhaps what now sometimes there is a weight on God you know I'm not saying that there's a timing and you know you'll know how how will you know when to take the step you just know you know that if you don't take the step you're being disobedient you know I had this um situation it's funny that you were talking about redundancy ash uh I was like oh god so good because I had a redundancy story myself and, you know, I, was, I worked for Christians Against Poverty for eight years. It's a non-for-profit organisation that helps people get out of debt. And we would go into people's homes and we would uh, help them get out of financial debt, give them a budget, a plan, cut up their credit cards and say that's the end of that, and, um, and help them on to get freedom from financial debt. 
It was an incredible job, amazing, I loved it. And as an evangelist, someone who is passionate about introducing people to Jesus, it was a great job for me because I would sit in front of an unbeliever. Now, how's this for a job? An unbeliever would ring the, and the, the, the hotline number and say, could you send a Christian in to my home to tell me about how to get out of debt? And uh, yours truly would turn up. So I did that for eight years and then, you know, I got a promotion um, to be the... To be the um, to be the, an area leader and then the national... And then they made up a job for me. They just said, we need you to be the national evangelist of Australia. I was like, okay. So this was like amazing, you know, steps of faith along the way, but just keeping being faithful. And then, and then after eight years, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to step out of CAP. And for me, it was just like, no, but I love this job, right? I, love, I loved what I did. I got paid to tell people about Jesus. Wow. Like, what? Who, who does that? You know, like, and so, but I just felt like the, the grace was coming off it and that God wanted me to move into more of an itinerant ministry where I could preach around Australia in my own right and not work for a company and uh, work, for my, work for God, you know. And so I was like, oh, God, that's scary. That's so scary. And, um, you know, because, because you can have this regular income boat that we sit in. It's a boat, you know, Jesus is like, come out of the boat. No, no, I'm holding on to the sides, you know, white knuckled. And I can't, you know, it was really difficult as a single mum of two teenage boys, single income, living on the northern beaches to step out of my regular income. It was really scary. I was like, God, no, I can't do that unless you tell me exactly when. Anyway, I went to a staff meeting and Pastor Phil was telling this story. He's like, now I just want to talk to you today about the rock lobster. I'm like, what? This is interesting. Anyway, he goes, now the thing about a rock lobster is that in order for the lobster to grow, he needs to take off the whole shell. And if he doesn't take off the whole shell, he won't grow. What happens, he's called a rock lobster because he takes off the shell and then he climbs under a rock because he's vulnerable, you see, with no shell. His predators will get him once he's taken the shell off. So he climbs under the rock until the new shell has grown upon him, but he grows bigger. Wow. And I believe that's a prophetic message for C3 Silverwater. Wow. That, that God's asking us to take off the shell Take off the comfort, take off the security, take, take, take a bit of a risk this year, 2020, so that we can grow bigger. So not just bigger, but stronger. That, that, we're, that when you, once you take off the shell, how interesting it is that the lobster climbs under the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Amen. Who believes that? We climb under him. We get under his wings. We get, we get in him. We get into prayer. We get into a place where we can hear God with clarity and timing. And that who knows that when, when God speaks, you can be sure to step, step out on that, on that kind of word yeah, yeah. when God says, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? And, um, and when the, lo- the lobster does this through his life over and over again, he sheds the, sheds the thing, sheds the shell, grows bigger, sheds the shell. This is a time for us to, to shed, to shed what was, to shed the past, 
to, to put behind us the past, to step into our future, to step into the bigger you, the, you know, the, the, the one that you know is inside of you. Come on, we can do this, right? I just want to inspire you that 2020, oh, we've written down dreams and visions, haven't we, on our vision cards. We've prayed over them. We believe them. What a great idea for you to stand in your connect groups this year and go, come on, you know, I'm really serious about this. I'm serious about my promotion, you know. Funny thing is, I ran to our... Uh, to my pastor, uh, one of my pastors, Pastor Mark Kelsey, I said, Mark, Mark I, think, I think God wants me to leave CAP. I just want to run it past you, but I'm extremely scared of doing this, but I'm feeling like God, after that staff meeting about the lobster story, <laughs> I feel like God wants me to step out. And he goes, wait. And I go, Okay. I just heard from the Lord through him. Like I wanted to go the next day and shed the, shed the shell and step out in faith. And I felt like I'd had the word from God, but he said, wait. I said, okay. I didn't know what that would mean, but I just waited. I said, how will I know, Mark? He said, you'll know. I was like, great, great advice. Thanks. <laughs> so helpful. Can we have some more specifics, please? <laughs> So he said, wait. So I waited. Do you know by the time, the, between the word he said, wait, and the time I actually stepped out was one year. One more year I was in this place of uncomfortableness. And then, and then um, Cap called me one day and there was a little, you know, we were both feeling it. The relationship was just changing. And, um, and Cap, the, one of the managers from Cap rang me and said, I need to come down and have an appointment with you. And I said, yeah, you know what? I really need an appointment with you too. <laughs> we need to talk. And so she came down. She said, I'm in your office. She said, I've got no idea actually. I've got no plan for this meeting. I just know that we need to talk. I said, you know what? Same, same. I don't know what to do with Cap, um, but... but I'm open for suggestions. And then out of her mouth comes this. She goes, would you take a redundancy? And I go, yes, I would. I wanted the redundancy. Thank you. Praise God. Right? So, so I got paid out a redundancy that I would never have got paid out had I leapt too soon. That redundancy set me up for three months and uh, while, while I could set up my ministry and that God could fill my calendar with appointments. Not only that, but I took a step of faith in the art, in the art world. I'd never had an exhibition and I thought I'm going to take half the redundancy money and invest it in an art exhibition. And uh, I think I took three grand or something and just bought materials and, um, and then went the bold, put, a, put on my first art exhibition and out of the three grand, I earned 12 back from, from art sales. But it gave me the inclination that perhaps I could be an artist. And so all this stuff got birthed, do you see, out of, out of taking that step of faith, but hearing God in the process and the timing and all of that. So we have the vision and we step out. And so I'm telling you that story, not so you feel bad about yourselves. <laughs> but to encourage you that perhaps this year God's prodding you a little, just a little prod to say, you know, what is it that God's speaking to you about stepping into? 
stepping, you've all got gifts and callings and the desires of your heart inside of you. And, you know, we can't just sit any longer, come to church and just receive. It's time for us to take action and to step out into our full gifts and our full calling of God. Amen. Come on. The church alive, the church risen, every single one of us. You see, part of the problem about telling people about Jesus is that we don't want to tell people about Jesus when we're discouraged. It's the, it's the most surefire way that the enemy shuts our mouth is to come and discourage us, is to come and whisper to us, God is never going to come through for you in that promise. God is never going to give you a house. God is never going to heal you. God, you're never going to get married. All this stuff, you know, you, you're never going to be able to work this thing out with your wife or your husband or your kids. The enemy is always at us. Speaking discouragement, we need to rise up and hear the voice of the Lord today saying that all the promises of God are yes and amen and my God is faithful. He will never let me down. He's never let me down. He never has and He never will. And we need to stand up to the enemy. You know, when they were crossing the Jordan, how freaky is that? This is at flood time, flood time. Can you imagine the Jordan? gushing down. It says they were camped there for three days and the Lord saying, this is the word of the Lord to Joshua. Oh yeah, just cross over. Just cross that river. Cross that river. Cross that. It's gushing down. It's at flood time. It's at its, it's at its, it's at its most ferocious. Sometimes when the enemy's at you, he's at his most ferocious right before the breakthrough, right before God's promise comes the enemy. You have to say, thanks for the clue. Thanks for the clue, enemy. You're coming against my finances. That must mean I need a breakthrough. I'm going to have a breakthrough right now. Thank you, God. You've sent a counterfeit person into my life. You know, who you might be waiting on a husband or a wife and he sends a counterfeit. It breaks your heart. You think that was terrible. But that was a blessing because rejection is God's protection. Let me tell you. God, I know that one. Right? Um, Lindsay, I feel, I saw, I feel like, I don't know if this is true for you, but as soon as I saw you this morning, I felt like you'd been punched in the guts. I feel like you've sustained a blow. Sister, that's a clue. I'm telling you the anointing of God is increasing on your life for souls and there's a price for that and the enemy's upset and he wants to shut you up and hold you back and shove you down. But I'm telling you, this is your year to rise up in the area of evangelism and soul winning. I see so many souls in Jesus' name. You evangelist, you, you powerful woman of God, preacher of the word, come on. Lindsay, stand up. I just see the anointing of God coming upon you right now. I thank you for all discouragement to get off her in Jesus' mighty name. Every single bit of discouragement, disappointment, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for courage, courage and power on the woman of God here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, we need you. We need you, Lindsay. We need you. And, uh, you know, when I get discouraged, I say, oh, gosh, God must love me. It's such a compliment when the enemy comes after you. 
because, you know, there must be something up ahead, <laughs> right? And um, these guys, they had to cross the Jordan to get into the promised land. And uh, let, let's pick it up in Joshua 3, 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you, right? Consecrate yourselves. Part of the three things that God needs us to do in 2020. Three things, faith, we need prayer, sorry, prayer, faith, and action. Prayer, faith, and action. That's your responsibility, not God's. Prayer, faith, and action. So we pray, we hear the voice of the Lord, we get God's vision. Joshua knew that, he, that they needed to cross the Jordan. He knew that was the directive. But the timing, how important would the timing be crossing the Jordan? You wouldn't want to get that one wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? And the Lord's saying, okay, you know, we, you need to consecrate yourselves. Why would, why, why consecrate yourself before crossing the Jordan? Because when God's got a new level of authority for you, a new anointing, then you need a new level of consecration. You know, my question to you in 2020 is what needs to go and what needs to start? What needs to stop what needs to start? I've got some questions I asked myself. What needs to go? What needs to stop? What needs to start? And what needs to remain? I wrote, I wrote the answers. Do you want to know my answers? What needs to go? I wrote TV. The Bachelor. That needs to go. <laughs> needs to go. How about you go and find a bachelor instead of watching one on TV? <laughs> what needs to stop? I wrote procrastination. That could be part of the bachelor as well. <laughs> what needs to start? I wrote, I wrote concentrating on my art business. Focus. That needs to start. What needs to remain? Faith. Prayer. Time with God needs to remain. What needs to, what needs, what can you, can you think of some things for you? Right, you know, you could write these things. What needs to go? What needs to stop? What needs to start? What needs to remain? This is, this is faith. This is your faith. This is what I'm believing for. And, uh, and, and Joshua 3, Joshua 3, 5, it says, you know, consecrate yourselves because tomorrow God's going to do amazing things. For amazing things to happen, we need to be consecrated. We can't just be a church that, that thinks that God is just some kind of fairy godmother or fairy godfather who just blesses us because we're Christians. It doesn't work like that. There is a price to pay. You know, when, when Jesus went to the cross, he paid the most ultimate price of all. You know, Jesus went to the cross for our victory. Now, are we spending that? I don't know. Are we spending it correctly, Christians? You know, I'm talking to myself as well, but we need to actually apply the victory that was bought, bought by the cross onto our own lives. And then we will be a people of power. We'll be a people of vision. We'll be a people that take steps into all that God has called us to be. And then you won't be able to shut us up about Jesus. We'll be just telling everybody in the supermarket. We'll be telling everybody at the gym. We'll be telling everybody in our work, in our family, oh, it's because of Jesus. Jesus. Do you understand? We need victory to give other people victory. We can't lead anybody until we've been there before, right? And this is what's happening with Joshua and the crew. The leaders have to go first. 
They had to step into the Jordan first thing. So it says that they get down to the river, right? And they're there and the story goes so that, so, so the Lord says, uh, he told the people, consecrate yourselves, do amazing things. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it on and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you. People are going to know that Jesus is with you. He, they're going to know that there's something extraordinary about you. People are going to see you taking extraordinary, audacious faith steps this 2020 and they're going to say, gosh, she actually, re- or he actually really believes that God is with her. You know, like you might look a bit cray cray, you might look a, a bit silly, but who, you know, it's, that faith's going to have you do that stuff. And um, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Go and stand in the river that's gushing down at flood. <laughs> I love this story. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gugashorites, Amorites, Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the, of the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. The presence of God will always go ahead of us. Always go ahead of us. God is our leader. He will lead us into victory. He will lead you into healing. He will lead you into deliverance. He will leave you out of poverty and into abundance. He will lead you out of sickness into into healing. He will lead you out of darkness into light every time. He will lead you out of despair into joy. He will lead you out of hopelessness into hope. He will lead you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will always lead you. And uh, down here, um, as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Can you imagine that? Just get a vision of a river raging down. The priests have to step into a raging river. And what happens when they do? They put their little toe in. Oh, just that, oh, just a little toe, it says. As soon as they got to the edge of the water, the water stood up in a heap. Stood up in a heap. I see so many miracles. So many miracles are just going to happen in 2020. But we need to apply the victory of God to that life. We need to apply prayer, apply faith, apply action. Great to have prayer, great to have faith, but where's the action? We need to actually step out from our positions, move out from our comfort zones. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I inspiring you? Am I encouraging you? Am I prodding you? Come on, come on, give the Lord a hand. It takes faith, takes strength, but you know, we do it for other people, don't we? And if we, if we, when we have a victory, we just want to tell people about Jesus. It's so, it's so easy then. And uh, there's this, you know, I tell you, I worked at the gym. I, I always like get to talk to so many people there. There's this, there's this personal trainer there and she's a witch. She's so cool though. Like she's a bit freaky. She has very dark eye makeup and bright blonde hair and she's pretty intense and uh, she's a new PT, and you could just you can just see she's super lost eh, in herself. She she's got all this bravado about her, but you know, just recently 
um, I was in the ladies' change rooms and she comes in and she's bawling her eyes out, crying. And this was just before Christmas. And I'm, I'm like, what's happened? And she's like, I've got skin cancer. I've just been told I've got skin cancer. And, I, and, and she's bawling and she's got fear all over her, all over her. And she, she knows what I stand for. She knows I'm a Jesus girl. And um, she, she looks at me with absolute desperation in her eyes. And she goes, she goes, would you pray for me? I go, sure. Like, have you tried your stuff? And she goes, she goes, yeah, I tried my stuff. No, because I want her to say it. What, have you tried your stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've tried my stuff. But when you pray, you're praying to the real God. That's what she said to me. She said, your prayers work. And because uh, I prayed with her previously about her brother who had a brain tumour and he got healed. And uh, she's promised me she's going to get baptised because of that. That was our deal, right? But she didn't get baptised. She went back on the deal. So I said, because you said you were going to get baptised over the last miracle. And so this time I said, what are you going to do? And she goes, well, if you, would you pray for me? I go, yeah, I'll pray for you. So we sat in the ladies' change rooms in Fitness First and I just prayed, in the name of Jesus, I declare victory over this, this beautiful woman of God. I, 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 just, I just pray right now for every cancer cell to shrivel up and die, dead at the root, shriveled up and die in Jesus' name. And she was like, <laughs> she felt a power. Anyway, uh, a week later, she... She was still really freaked out and everything. And she said, oh, I've got to have it cut out. It's pretty full on. Like I've got to take a, they've got to take a large part of my back out. And I'm like, well, who's taking you to the appointment? She goes, I've got no one. I've got no car. I've got, she had a car accident, all this drama in her life. There's always all this drama. And uh, I said, well, I'm taking you. Really? I'm taking you. Because you know the Good Samaritan? You know how he picked up that guy and put put him on, a, on his donkey. My car's my donkey. So I go, you're getting on my car, in my car, on my donkey. We go, I'll take you to the appointment. So I just sat with her all day while she had the surgery. And, um, and you know, she, she'll never forget that. And so I just want to inspire us that like, that wasn't like a big thing for me to do. It was not a big thing to put someone in your car and take them to their appointment. But I'll tell you what, that showed her what Jesus would do. It did. It showed her that I actually do love her. And um, anyway, as a result of that, as a result of all of that and the prayer and the practical love that went with it is that she's 100% cancer free right now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Last time I was here, I was telling you about my best friend, Josie, wasn't I? She got diagnosed with brain cancer. She had two massive tumours. I'm here to tell you that she is 100% cancer-free, tumour-free. She said, I don't have time for cancer. And she went to prayer. And so I believe that in this room, that there's many, many dreams represented here, many, many visions, many, 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 many opportunities for us to step into faith in 2020, into prayer, into having an encounter with God, into, into faith and then into action. Are you with me? Why don't we change our perspective and, and not see a raging river as a threat, but an opportunity for a miracle? 
for God to come with His presence and have whatever is facing us stand up in a heap and let us cross through to the other side.